Okay, so, oh, let me get my notes open. So today I'm really, I'm pumped to talk about today because the way I have it set up, I have some notes that I took, but I kind of, I, I love when I tangent on these Zooms, but I know for the sake of time and everybody's attention span, um, I it can get really off track, if, especially if I've taken a ton of notes on it. So some of this is notes that I've taken. And then I sent the prompts in the chat and as well as in the um, Facebook post. And I'm going to go over some of them, um, basically talk about the themes in them. <clears throat> Sorry, my allergies are kicking my ass. Um, and then I'm going to, you know, just kind of go off the book when I'm answering them. So it's a little bit of group coaching, a little bit of lesson. Um, and then in the end, I'm going to give you some baby steps to, I don't know, overcome this. I mean, the topic is body acceptance. So I don't, I think body acceptance is always, especially when you're dealing with a chronic illness, it's always an evolving journey, right? So I, I think the baby steps that I would give you is I want you to enjoy how they feel more than us getting to a goal point, because hopefully by the end of today, I can provide you guys with a different way to view things, even if I don't wave my magic wand and make it all better in one Zoom. All right, so let's get into it. So basically, when I get into topics that I'm really passionate about, I feel like my mind has a million different things I want to talk about. And I, I try to lead with one phrase that can then lead me into my note taking. Otherwise, it all just stays locked up here. I don't know if anyone else experiences that. So today, the phrase that came to me when I started my notes for today's call is in quotes. OK, so I guess I'll just be fat. And that quote, you might have seen me post about that or I've talked to you about that. And that really kicked off everything for me was the like, okay, I have spent so long trying to do this. Um, I've spent for, I've never had a thin body that's just like, didn't feel awkward to me or just wrong, right? And I've tried for so long to not have that be the case, spent so much money to not have that be the case. But what if I'm just like, I look like this? Like I don't, the idea of spending decades more of my life harping on how good I looked, it just got to a point where I was like, screw that. Like, I can't, I can't do that anymore. My goal was I wanted to become happy. I wanted to learn how to work on my own insecurities and all of this, you know, all of the negativity that I felt in my everyday life, learn about myself, try to get as healthy as I could, you know, so I wasn't always flaring. Um, those became my priorities because I just, I just decided, what if I just be okay with not looking good? That's how it all started. It was like, I, I don't know if anyone else finds sometimes like the reality approach feels a lot more acceptable. If you're just like, you know, I ain't ever going to look like that. I look like this right now. I don't know what I'm going to look like in 10 years. I don't know what I'm going to look like in five years. But right now I look like this. And for the foreseeable future, I'm going to look like this. So what am I going to be miserable for was really where it all spawned from. So that really changed my life. And I said to myself, like, screw it. I'm just not, I'm going to, I'm just not going to care the way I look. And that didn't mean screw it. I'm going to give up on myself. You know, like I didn't actually take, oh, thank you. I like my cotton candy here too. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually take better care of myself until I stopped hating myself. I stopped trying to be thin. Like I couldn't focus on taking care of myself when I was just constantly consumed with, being something that was acceptable, you know, 
Um, it, it was just exhausting for no reason. And I get it. I'm not here to tell anyone that we live in a world and a society that allows us to exist without feeling gross, not being thin. We are primed to feel like we are absolutely the worst if we look big in pictures. I mean, if we look anything besides what you would expect just your average thin person to look like, we nitpick. And I know that because I'm sure each and every one of us has had a history in the past where we've been thinner at one point, at one point, not all of us, but a lot of us. And I'm sure that even in that time period, you nitpicked on something. Even in that time period, you felt awkward in photos. And maybe not. Maybe there's outliers, of course. But typically, it's just, it's a deeper thing than what we actually look like that's the problem. It's our lack of satisfaction with that. And that's the case at any size. It's just, you know, magnified in a culture where it feels like if you're above a certain size, you're fair game. That's that's where it's wrong. Right. So um, and I get it. I just want to be comfortable. My I just want to be comfortable crowd. I totally get it. I felt the same way. But most of the discomfort that you're feeling is not just from your size. Most of the discomfort you're feeling is one other people's perception of your size. And two, the thing, the ailment, like the, the ailment that's making you have a weight issue is typically also making you feel like crap. It's making you have inflammation or your inflammation is causing it, right? So you have pain, you feel lack of physical stamina, you feel like everything's stiff, you feel like maybe your feet, you know, there's a lot of weight on you. But the thing about that is we're proportionately set up like you don't have 30 extra pounds you're carrying around on your ankles. That's proportionately distributed across your whole frame. So it really isn't like if you lose weight, you're going to be, you're going to reduce pain because you have less weight on you. It's going to be typically that the thing that's causing that weight is also causing that discomfort physically. And we're blaming it on the visible weight because we are just so perfectly primed for that. There's no basis to that. I, I know that for a fact, and not to go off my notes, but I always do. I know that for a fact, I, I reference it all the time. You go to Greece, the you see these 85-year-old women like in the field working, you know, or going home and making a seven-course meal. And they had been up since six o'clock in the morning, hustling up a hill with a whole thing of groceries, right? I can't even do that. I'm 33, you know, and guess what? None of them are thin. Spoiler alert. You know, like it's just the, the it doesn't it, it just correlates because society makes it the vic it makes it the villain. It makes it everything wrong with if you don't feel well, if you don't like the way your clothes fit. Well, why is that? Because it's bred into our brains that we shouldn't. Right. So most of your discomforts coming from people, other people's perception. Other people who wouldn't even know how to name you in a lineup if they saw you again. Right. Or people who are deeply disturbed themselves. Or, and just also the physical discomfort of the thing that's causing the weight as well. You know, so here's the thing. I'm not trying to make you all believe from one Zoom, like I said before, one Zoom, oh my God, I'm beautiful. I love, I, I love everything. Like, look at these roles. I'm such a fan. Like, that would be fake. That would be fake. I would be concerned. <laughs> but what I do hope is that through this, I want to teach you how you don't have to jump right from I hate myself and I never want to be seen to like, I love myself. Here I am. That ain't ever going to happen. And as you guys have, have heard me say before being in CCA, 
baby steps. We take baby steps. So my goal today is to come off the Zoom with you guys thinking about existing the way you are as a form of rebellion. To choose to exist without the thought of how you look is rebellion. And what's the fear in that? And not, not being so harping on the way you look, right? Is literally the only reason you don't look like you live under a bridge like the only reason you're not a troll is because you want to appear attractive to other people. No, there are other reasons to dress, to take pride in ourselves, to do the things we want to do, you know, to express ourselves the way we want. It's more than just what someone else's perception is of you. The, the most beautiful model in the world, categorically, because I don't think that could be measured, but like categorically, right? Still has someone out there that thinks they're ugly. So where do we win in this constant scrutiny of ourselves? The goal is not to love ourselves. I mean, eventually, sure. I have like, I've worked very, very hard for years at having a, a fond admiration for myself, no matter what it is I'm looking at, like at that point. But I think first to get there, you just have to not give a shit anymore, which is hard, which is hard. That's, that's where the years part comes in, is the working to that point of just not giving a shit anymore. You're still going to look fine. You're just not going to look like you're always just trying to be something you're not because you're just waiting to get to this point of the way your body is shaped before you're what? Allowed to enjoy the way you look or dress? That's going to be a while. What are the chances of that ever happening? Right? If the if the ride somewhere is fun, are you going to feel like it was a long ride? But if the ride somewhere sucks and is awkward, it's going to feel like a long ride. see here in the comments. I feel like this touches on what we talked about earlier. It sure does. I thought about that whole thing when we were talking about it. When I said a man has never turned me away when I have been naked in front of him. I'm just saying. I'm just saying we are we are the people we give the most of a damn about the way we look. There are just things about us that people just don't notice. Right? So on one side, you don't want to dress or look for them. But on the other, it's like, why are you making it so hard to be like to be attracted to you even? My fave thing on body image you've ever told me is don't give a shit what someone thinks about your looks unless you want to fuck them. You know, unless you want to hop in bed, what do you care? What do you care? How many people do you encounter? Someone could have been look walking around looking the worst. No, I've definitely said that, Michelle. I've definitely said that. Um, yep. That sounds like a Michelle quote. Um, but I think, you know, what was I going to say? Oh, the word, you know, how many people have you seen on an average day? Just going to work, going to run errands, whatever. You encounter a ton of people. Can you remember one person, the way they look? Like if you had to describe this person to a T with the amount of effort that you walk around afraid that people are putting on their observation of you, right? Take that same amount of observation you're afraid of. Do you remember anyone you've ever seen walking around? No, no one else does either. No one else remembers you either. No offense. Everybody, and, and here's the other thing, right? Remember before I said everybody's wrapped up in their own shit at any size? Most of the time, the people you encounter are too busy worrying how they look about how they're perceived in public. They're not even thinking about you because they're too hung up on themselves. 
So really, we're just all walking around a bunch of insecure messes then and ultimately not even really being that seen. So what did I write here? This is where the prompts come in. This is the point that I wanted to like freestyle it, right? So I want to know what you guys are thinking as you're hearing this. As I read through the prompts that you guys have sent over, you can feel free to send them here in the chat as well. The first one being, think of a time you dressed up. Did you dress up for you or did you dress up to be as accepted as possible? I think the important thing to remember about these prompts here is the emphasis on, on what we look like. When we look in that mirror on the way out, we're looking for relief from the things we're insecure from, insecure about. We're looking to not look the way we hope we don't look. We're looking to, and we all do the pose in the mirror. Like we don't actually stand like how we're naturally going to act and stand in public. Like we like all do the thing where we check it out and everything. And it's like, we're evaluating ourselves, but what is the evaluation? How fair is that evaluation? If the person who's evaluating it is someone who's deeply insecure about those things, of course, there is not a shirt you own that you're going to put on and not notice the things you wish weren't. So the goal is, is not to like those things right away. The goal is to just not let them like, whoop. like it doesn't register that there's anything to scrutinize your about yourself about that's the rebellion in all of this is to like, could I possibly go out looking however I want to look? And maybe I do look fat to somebody. Maybe I do look like, why would they wear that with that? Why would they wear that color? Why would they do that to their hair? Why wouldn't they wear makeup? I never wear makeup. You see how everyone's freaking out about Pamela Anderson not wearing makeup to fashion week? I love it. People, you know, the people making making comments against Pam Anderson are sitting there with like fucking like cookie crumbs on their chest in a shirt they haven't washed in three days. Not hating because that could be me. But I will tell you what couldn't be me is someone hating on Pam Anderson for not wearing makeup. That would never be me um, because I think she looked amazing. And <laughs> I never wear makeup anymore, you know, but whatever the case may be, like the rebellion part of it all is that with all of the, the worries and the stresses and everything that we have to maintain around us, how we make ourselves look should only be for us. Because it's, it, I mean, how few things do we even have that's only for us in this world? You know, you, you, you can have all the money in the world, but if you're afraid to, to wear what you truly want to wear and to leave your house, what would it matter to even have access to any clothes you wanted? So no matter what playing field you're in, at the end of the day, are we making our lives less joyful, less fun, less expressive? For what purpose? People who don't even know us or remember us? And I think it goes without saying, if you have someone in your life that's close to you that continuously makes you feel bad about the way you look, the real problem is them being in your life. Like, I know that's really harsh. And I know that with like, especially family dynamics, you can't really, I'm not telling anybody to just like, blow up their lives and start anew, right? Or burn bridges or anything like that. But I think it's so important that if you're going to have those people in your life that make you feel like you need to be accepted by them to be around them, then I think the thing is to to wonder why, you know, and to remember that they're only doing that because they have a very low view of themselves. Like they put the same restrictions on themselves that they put on you. So if you can't do away with them, at least, I know it sounds terrible, but like if you can't not have this very harmful, critical presence in your life that makes it harder for you to feel body neutrality, then 
and then acceptance, you know, then really you just got to, when they're talking, try to tune them out and remember that they're not a fair peanut gallery. Like they're not giving you advice coming from a place you'd want advice from. Their advice is skewed. Um, but I would venture to say the majority of you guys, unless it's like a toxic presence you can't get rid of, the majority of you guys, it's like scenarios of what people might be thinking. Why? Because you probably think it about yourself when you see that picture or that outfit in the mirror. You're probably like, you know, like, because this thing's wrong. I got a fupa. I got this problem. I got that. Look at that. You know, like no one else is doing that to you at the party. And if they are, don't go to that party, stay home, order DoorDash, put sweats on and not, and that should be dressing for you. Like you shouldn't be going to a wolf's den kind of event anyway, you know? Um, so let's see some of these answers I got for number one. Um, and if you guys want to answer now, the prompt is, have you, how do I say, think of a time you dressed up. Did you dress for you or did you dress to be accept as accepted as possible? We got here, usually dress up for myself. Good. Usually dress up for myself, but I'm very aware of what I'm wearing and how other people will view it. So then I would argue to say that might not be dressing for yourself. Because if still, if you can't be at peace, and I'll explain like my baby steps to get here at the end here. But if you can't feel at peace wearing what you're wearing because you're afraid of the perception of others, then it's still in some capacity dressing for others. That's where the rebellion comes in where it's like you're saying I'm actively rebelling against the idea that I have to exist in any type of way to make other people accept me. It's a lot easier said than done. I just want to always preface that. Right. Um, let's see another one. I usually dress up for myself. Good one. I usually dress up for myself, but not going to lie. When I still dated men, I always had the, is this sexy thought in the back of my head? You know, that's a really good point too. And I think it also is, for my neurodivergence in here, I also think it's a lot of social conditioning of feeling like we don't quite know how to act and we don't quite know how to be. So we're almost like relying on the way we look to do the job that we're nervous that maybe our personality, our social cues, our facial expressions might not be able to. And it puts a lot of pressure on the overall package, you know, um, but all of it still is kind of trying to be an illusion to like not let someone see who we really are. We're still almost in a way dressing for them. <clears throat> I usually dress up to be as accepted as possible since none of my clothes fit me and I can't afford to get new ones. So if I have to dress up, I try to be as presentable as possible with what I have, but none of it feels like me, which is depressing because I was very into my eccentric styles before my body and face changed. And I think that prompts an another thing too. Um, Text me because I, I I know we've kind of talked about it before. I have a lot of a lot of DIY hacks for stuff, a lot of makeup and hair, like cheap hacks. Um, and I think that it should be we could figure out some, too, because I would love to do a feature on like accessible glow ups. It always feels like the glow up has to be something that is accessorized and not necessarily. You know, I can't promise it'll be the ideal dream wardrobe, but at least so you, to feel like it's more edited to yourself, like there's more ownership to it. That can be achieved differently, you know? Um, let's see. Mostly dress up for myself. Occasionally when I'm dating, I'll dress uh, in a color a guy likes when I dress up. That's different. That's almost like flirting with clothes, <laughs> you know? Like 
it's like a little, you know, not for nothing. People buy perfume that we like it, but we, everybody likes smelling good. Why? Because you want someone to be like, you smell so good. Everyone loves that compliment. Come on. You know? So it's kind of like, that's a little bit different when it's coming from a positive place. Sure. Embellish. But when it's dedicated to being accepted, you know, or dedicating to be good enough, sexy enough, quote unquote, things like that. That's when it's coming from a place of, am I enough? And that's where it can get murky. You know, it's very hard to have a night that proves that you are after you started out wondering if you're enough. Always dress for others here in the chat here. I still want to dress in my dress my dress for you outfit from the retreat. Oh, I always dress thinking of what others think. That's why I did that. At the retreat, we had a dress as you are or come as you are. I forgot what I named it. Dinner where it was kind of like, wear what you want to wear. Like, let's test run this. Everybody's going to be doing it. So if you feel weird or uncomfortable, everybody probably is. But here's your chance to test run dressing the way you'd want to dress. Um, and I think it was it was really fun. You know, um, we had our garden party we had our, our hurricane make a guest appearance so maybe the party didn't go 100 percent as we wanted but i feel like the excitement of getting ready for that was different than getting invited somewhere because it feels like even subconsciously it's like oh what do i wear that's good enough to that event where here it was like what do you want to wear and that has a whole different approach to it that's why i was saying before if we're worried that if i don't care the way i look i'm gonna look like crap no when you don't care the way you look to others you start dressing for you 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 end up looking better <laughs> you end up looking less awkward more authentic you know and that really reads like that vibe comes across um it's hard to find an outfit you feel like like damn look at my body in this that's a lot harder than like damn look at what i put together this is cute different you know, something that you feel like you could have a little bit more control over when you feel like so much is making your body something you feel out of control with how, how you look and feel, you know, it's like body acceptance and we're talking about clothes and stuff, but I think that's a big part of it. You know, it's the mask we put on to see other people and, and, and or to not let them see us or the pressure we put on it to be something that makes people accept us so heavy. Who could manage to feel good about that when you're feeling like physical garbage during the day and it's going to be a long process? I think it's important that during that journey, you still have sparks of joy for yourself in this way. So let's see, number two. Oh, wait, I got one more. Um, I almost always dress to be accepted as much as possible because it puts me more at ease if I'm accepted and helps me feel better. True, but do you? Like, do you, when you put that outfit on and you put it on to be acceptable, do you not think a single moment the rest of the night, how am I looking? Do I look good in this? Do I, let me avoid that picture. Do I look fat? Do I look big? Do I look this? If that's still on your mind, then the mission has failed. And it's not you. It's the fact that we are, we can't be accepted by something we're putting on. We're still us at the end of the day. If we're putting that pressure on the thing we're putting on our body, then we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because we're not going to be where we want to be. It can't, the, the motivation to, to be okay with the way we look can't come from that place. And it can't be like, once I get there, I'll have that because that never happens. Right? So it's a catch 22. We want to be accepted, but what's, that threshold, what makes us acceptable? 
someone's always thinking we don't look good, right? We can't make every, we can't make, can't win. So where's our threshold of what's acceptable or not? We have to set that limit then. Otherwise we're just always yearning for something unspoken. It's like a losing battle. All right, number two, describe an event you were consumed with how bad you looked versus the actual event itself. So number two, my close friend's wedding. Hadn't seen all those friends in five years. So that's a common one too, right? So a lot of people, you get your diagnosis you or, or you just continue to have that diagnosis age with you, right? Um, life changes. Maybe you have kids. Maybe like so many things can change. So seeing people that you've seen maybe from before all that and fearing that all they're going to do is look at you and go, wow, they really gained weight, huh? I'm going to be real with you. I think a lot of people do that and don't even understand or mean anything by it. I think a lot of people just acknowledge things that they acknowledge. I think it hurts us because we take that and turn that into a personal defeat um, of, of how we've let ourselves go. That's why it's so crucial to still dress for yourself, to still find joy in the way you look at any size that you're at. Because, you know, what should that moment not be as happy as it is rekindling with friends you haven't seen in years because you're afraid they might think less of you for looking different? Like I said, if your friends think less of you for looking different, don't go, DoorDash, right? But chances are they're just elated to see you, maybe wondering if they look old or they look big since the last time you saw them. But all it does is take us out from being present in that moment with that person. It's a memory we're never going to get back when the other person doesn't give a damn what we look like anyway. <laughs> it's pointless. So let's see. I feel like this happens often. My best friend's birthday in Asbury last year. I hated my outfit I put on. So I literally went to Target and bought a new one. Something just comfortable I'd be in. I It wasn't the best looking, but I had a great night. That's great that you turned it around because comfort is king. Like comfort is king. Um, at the end, one of my baby steps involves it. I'll explain that more. But yeah, if you hate your outfit, I think there's a few things. One, do you hate it because it highlights something you wish didn't exist, right? Um, do you hate it because it doesn't look the way you wanted it to look on you when you put it on and you're disappointed by it? There's a lot to dive into why we hate outfits. Um, and I always say, if, if you absolutely do hate something, get rid of it, donate it, give it, give it to, put it in a box somewhere, like in a donation box or something, because- it, 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 if you don't like it once, you're probably don't don't keep it in the pile. That you're gonna get thin enough for. That's just a hate pile. That's just like a self-deprecation pile. Um, and you might be like, but I spent money. Yeah, but you know what? If you feel like that about yourself, the chances of you fitting in that stuff, if I'm gonna be honest, are probably a lot slimmer with you hating yourself. So maybe make it a goal to buy stuff you love once you get to that point of feeling like you could love stuff on your body. It ain't gonna be the thing you can't even fit in for now. Right. Let's see. So I'll read that I what I have in the chat and then I'll check out the chat here. I usually feel okay about myself until I see photos. Most recently a holiday with my skinnier, smaller, shorter friends. I get this as a tall girl. Um, and as someone who was tall before anybody else in my grade, like I I sprouted real young. It was not fun. It was character building. That's what we're gonna say. It was character building. Um but I think I, I definitely relate to that. I always felt like that was me. I always felt like, I, I mean, I got, 
I'm an extra large in jackets. I'm a medium in tops. You know, like I got, I got broad shoulders. I will always be the case. I cannot and will not, but cannot, if I wanted to diet these bad boys away, you know? So at the end of the day, um, I feel like I was, I want to say cursed because that sounds negative, but it was my destiny to have friends with really narrow petite builds and to have a sibling who also has narrow shoulders and a petite build. And I definitely relate to that. Um, the hardest thing is when you think you stand out. That's why the baby steps I'm going to give you is the goal. The goal is to like use that because yeah, it's almost like you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. You're never going to look like the rest of the people in the picture. So instead of trying to blend in, which makes you look uncomfortable and then makes you stand out even more. I'll explain at the end, but you want to look like you're having a good time. That's all you focus on because all you can, you're not going to be able to look like the people you're with in the picture, right? At least you can look fun. So I don't remember specifics, but there were a few times in my young 20s where I slept away at people's houses for days without going home. So I had to borrow their clothes. Oy, I remember this. A couple of times we ended up going somewhere, hanging out with people, not having my own clothes or makeup or things I used to, to care about really keep me from enjoying myself. I lived in the bathroom checking myself all night. Yeah. I mean, that's for sure. I think also too, that neurodivergency plays a bit in that it's part of a whole process to get ready to put ourselves out there. It, it, it has a workup to it, you know? Um, and it's really hard to feel like if things are out of sorts around you, or if you don't have all of the tools, like how many of us bring 17 different outfits for a three day stay somewhere? Not so much anymore. I use mix and match pieces, but the, the urge is always there. I always have a pile to edit from before it actually goes in my suitcase because my initial urge is to be as prepared as possible. Um, so not having that around could definitely hinder the night for sure. I've been there too. I used to be a disaster. The amount of like random people's brothers t-shirts I've worn to college parties, if I'm being honest. <laughs> so, and they never, you know, like the messy, big sloppy t-shirt look on like the slept in look from college yeah no not me I looked like like I I like fit in the shirts you know <laughs> so it was it was definitely um a comparison prom weekend prom weekend I didn't fit into some kids uh, I was like freezing so some kid was like you want to borrow my sweatpants I'm like sure just automatically thinking that they would be bigger than me and then they didn't fit and I was just freezing and goosebumpy with no pants and yeah that was but what now I'm at the point I'm like they don't freaking fit what am I gonna do Okay. You know, that's the, the goal to be at because otherwise it's like heartbreaking, you know, back then trauma. Now, what are you going to do? So I haven't gone into an event in years because of COVID, but a few months ago, I tried to be brave and wear shorts in public for the first time in years. My thighs started bleeding and I got a glimpse of myself in a window reflection and started sobbing from the chafing. Chafing is the worst. Um, luckily we were outside of a church with a basement thrift shop. So we ran in there and actually found free grandma pants that fit me love thrifting for this. I'm just saying my bloating shorts are like a, a pair of like nineties elderly secretary green elasticized shorts. And they're great. <laughs> they're awesome. Um, and then found grandma pants that fit me. Haven't worn shorts since. I think it really is. That's the other thing. The hard part about accessibility with this stuff is when you're in a body that is changing a lot 
and get not getting smaller, which you can get away with wearing pants that are too big for you. It's not easy to, you can't get away with wearing pants that are too small for you without feeling extremely uncomfortable. But when you don't have access to those basics, let alone what kind of cut do I like? What fit it suit, you know, like fits my size the best, my legs versus my waist, you know, everybody is different. So I do think there's an accessibility point, which is why I, like I said, I love thrifting. Um, also, you can go like four sizes up in a thrifted outfit and know it's because it's an older piece of clothing. So I think it's just about trying to find basics that'll help you feel comfortable in public because chafing is the worst and that is a mechanical issue. So I will I would love to help you try to find some options for that. And I'm sorry that that happened to you, but yay for church thrift shops. Okay. Um, my cousin's fancy wedding. I don't see her and her siblings often. They all are well off and I don't feel like I fit in around them. That's another thing. There's a certain way that people make you feel cheap when you're not thin, you know, because I was going to say, like, I would, I would say even the size that I am now, not even before I lost my weight, the size I am now, I've definitely encountered that same vibe, you know, from a lot of people who can one, throw a lot of money at the way they look, you know, like two people I've, especially in the industry I'm in, the amount of people you would be shocked as have had plastic surgery and will not will not say it anywhere. And I only know it because I'm in a community with other people in the industry. But um, yeah, it, it's rampant. And when it's family too, it feels like it's like gaslighty because you don't exactly know why you don't fit in, but you feel like you should fit in because they're family. So not fitting in feels even worse because it's like there's something wrong with me. But there's not, it's just- they probably, your, your cousin's fancy way, your cousins were probably scrutinizing themselves too. They probably hated the way they looked or got too bombed to care, either one. I think that's a lot of people at weddings, but I digress. So let's see what you guys said here in the comments. A wedding I was in recently, I made, I made up my makeup look like hatchet face, crybaby character. It was so heavy. You told me not to try to lose weight for an event. It will only make it worse. Guess what? Lost weight after the wedding because I was less stressed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, stress is the worst. Stress is worse than any food. You know, that that I saw, I finally saw someone else post it for once that, and it said it was like a reel that was like, what's worse, the food you're eating or the stress around eating it? I've been saying. So Pride this year, I loved being with the people I was with, but I was constantly thinking about how uncomfortable with myself. It, it's an everyday thing, though. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not for nothing. It's great that it's we're in a generation that is more out there outside of the normal, quote unquote, body type that we're used to seeing more now than ever before. You know, like growing up, being a teenager in the early 2000s was atrocious and traumatizing. Right. And it's so good that there are people who are just like, no matter what they're out there, they're out, you know, like, doesn't matter how little clothing they're wearing. Like, that's amazing that we're at that time where that is more acceptable. It doesn't mean it's accepted, though. Right. And it doesn't mean that we could be proud for someone else. We could be happy to see someone else like just wearing what they want to wear, feeling free with themselves. But that doesn't mean that just because other people are doing that, that we still feel like it's allowed or accessible to us. And then that creates this feeling of like, why can't I just be free about that? But that's a good question. Why can't you? 
you know, because I think a lot of times if the people who we see enjoying themselves, if they felt like we did about their body, they would have stuff to scrutinize too. They would be like, let me not pose like that. Let me not be out and proud. Let me wear a shirt that's longer. Let me wear a bigger, you know, something baggier. They wouldn't look the way they look with you looking at them saying, look how good they look either. A lot of it is that freedom to be who they are. That is, it radiates from them. And that goes back to saying nobody picks on the certain things that we pick on. Nobody notices the things we notice. But I definitely get that, especially at Pride, you know? I put clothes far away in the attic if they don't fit. Whatever it is, get them, get them out of here or donate them to someone else. Pro tip as a hoarder, <laughs> um, the Lupus Foundation of America, a lot of them, a lot of foundations offer this, but I've just worked with them personally in the past. Lupus Foundation of America, you set a pickup date on the computer, you put everything, anything and everything, utensils, socks, whatever you don't want in your house anymore, you wrap it up in a bag, you put a piece of tape on the front with like what's in it, and like Lupus Foundation of America on it, leave it on your doorstep for pickup, they get it. If anyone knows any other foundations like that, add it here or in the chat, um, the WhatsApp chat. But I love that because it's very hard for me to let go of stuff on a neurodivergent level, um, especially clothes from the past. If I've worn them before, like it's just part of my hoarding, you know? So um, what helps me with that is when I know it's going to someone else who can use it now. So, and I'm too ADHD to list stuff for sale. And unless it's like, you know, what am I going to sell my old jeans for? <laughs> so I don't know if that helps, but oh God, I relate to that one. I'm not even super tall, but all my friends are short and have tiny hands and feet. Rocking a size 10 over here. I've been so afraid of the whole Bigfoot thing my whole life. Now I'm just like, I put up a couple of reels with like the zoom lens. So my foot in the front looks like it's like a size 14 shoe. Uh, and I don't even care because what are you going to say? I got big feet. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um, so, but I, but in the back in the day, I remember the time someone asked, I had my like leopard print sneakers at the front door and someone said to Nick, like, damn, you got leopard print sneakers, Nick, that's ballsy. And I was like, those are mine. And I was mortified, mortified. Now I'm like, if your best shot is I got big feet, I think I'm doing okay in life, you know? So but I get it. All right. So, oh wait, I got one more number two here. Last time I can remember is when I went to my friend's bachelorette party and there was a bunch of perky blondes in the group who felt, who probably weighed about 110 pounds. And I felt so out of place. Same thing, you know, like is when you can't, you can't blend. The goal is to not try to as scary and as hard as that can be, because at least then you can represent yourself and it doesn't, it's not glaring, right? Like, it's almost like you're saying, I don't, I don't care about fitting in. Um, and it is hard to get there, but that's the goal. I definitely relate to this. I had a bachelorette party I had to go to in Nashville and yeah, uh, it was nerve wracking the same exact way. All right. Number three, last one of the prompts. What's the worst part of being okay with people not liking the way you're shaped? So wordy. But what's the worst part of being okay with people not liking the way you are shaped? 
one of the answers here. People still judging you no matter what shape you are. <laughs> I know it's a really weird question the way I word the way I worded it. But to you, what do you consider the worst part of people having an issue with the way you're shaped? Like, let's say people had an issue with your body. What's the worst part of that? I worded it like I stuck a fork in an, an electrical socket before writing it. So people still judging you no matter what shape you are. I think what's the hard, what's the worst part of being judged to you guys in general? Like, why does that suck so much? If you really tried to break it down to the root of it, why does it feel awful to be judged? Another answer here, not being liked. I can't stand the idea that others won't like me. And I, I think that that stems from, and it takes time to get to this point, but if you like yourself enough, you don't like people who don't like you. And now not, not that you have to be against them if they don't like you, but like there's not a desire to have everybody like you because okay, you know, like, you know, you, you like you, like, if someone didn't like one of your friends, would you be like, but I really, I, I want, I want them to like my friend. Or would you be like, ew, we got to be friends to ourselves too, you know, but that's, that's not the easy one. <laughs> you know, it's easier to be there that way for others. The worst part of being okay with it would be that it confirms that it's real. What would confirm? So being in that body, you mean? Like it would affirm the fact that this is your body. I'm getting that right. Because I think then the stem of that, the root of that is getting back to that body acceptance, body neutrality is that saying like, yeah, you know, my body isn't, isn't, well, you said here isn't what I want it to be. Our bodies, why do we want it to be that way? It's, it's rooted in us to think that it has a look, but it doesn't have a look. All humans look different. And guess what? If you're not genetically someone that has a, a, a body that's thin, no matter what, you're in the vast majority of people who will decide to either diet for the rest of their lives or not. Now, whether or not our bodies change outside, because they can change throughout our whole lives, ultimately, if we hate it, that's just putting a stick in the mud, you know, like that's not changing the actual thing. Maybe the good thing is accepting that to be like, yeah, well, this is my body. Remember the beginning of the Zoom, I started off with the quote, so what if I just, what if I'm just fat? You know, ultimately, if your priorities lie, like you're like, I want to enjoy my time here. And you're hoping to look a certain way to enjoy your time here, then you're spending a lot of your time here, not enjoying your time here. That's where that's where that slippery slope is. Like, why isn't the body the way we want it to look? Where does that even come from? That comparison, that measure, what's good enough well, I would like it if I was just a little, you're not saying about you, I just mean in general, like if you're like, I would just like it if I was a little more toned, what difference would it make if you were just a little more toned? You'd probably have something else you're worried about. You'd probably not like some other part, like I was saying before, you know, it all goes back to the root with everything. Um, and there's a lot of things like internalized misogyny plays a huge part in all of this. Um, it goes back to what I was saying is we live in a society that makes you feel gross if you're not thin. 
that's where it can only change. That's where the rebellion part comes in, where it's like, not only do I look this way, but I am going to keep looking this way if I gotta, you know, and you can look elsewhere if you want, but I can't possibly put it on my plate to try and change the way I look to make you think I look better. You know, that's just, it's just too much in this economy. Come on. So people treating me less than slash invisible autistic slash ND traits that were once seen as cute and quirky and eccentric are now seen as annoying attention seeking and make people uncomfortable. People taking my disabilities not seriously because they think I'm just fat and lazy. That is, that is truly like, I think the injustice, I would say doing this for as long as I have, I've built up a pretty good thick skin, right? I'm pretty good at maintaining my thermostat. But when it comes to working with you guys, the thing that I have a harder time maintaining my thermostat is the injustice of it all. Because I speak with you guys. I hear you. I learn, I know you. I get to know you. And it, you are the living, breathing opposite of the things that people who don't even know you might perceive you to be. I was there too. And it is the most unfair place to be. And that is the thing that absolutely sucks. But the good news is we get to rebel. Because it's the only way to accept that people are stupid and they're not going to do the research or realize all of the facets that go into somebody looking the way they do or being who they are. So the only way that, you know, you can really think about it is it's a rebellion to exist the way that I am existing. And I mean, I know that it sucks. It doesn't make it any less hurtful, but at least it gives you some kind of out um, I think we were talking about this earlier, like it feels better to fight the outward than to fight the inward, you know, to turn that frustration outward, like, no, this system is messed up versus there's something wrong with me because with all that I got going on, I can't look that look in a way that is accepted by the public. So the only thing we got is the rebellion, you know, people's off comments when I'm feeling good with how I look. If you can get rid of anybody that makes off comments when you're feeling good about yourself, again, that's what I'm saying. Get get out. Um, if it's like someone you can't, like I said, burn that bridge, distance yourself or whatever, I get it. Family members, longtime friends, there's a way to distance, talk to me. But I get it. You can't just be like, it'll be gone, right? Just remembering that they're they're from that place because they don't know what to hold on to. Like they have that same kind of standard on themselves. They have their own limited view of how bodies are and what we go through and how it feels, all of that. They don't know that. They're they're weak, if you think about it, because if it hit them tomorrow that they woke up and their body crapped out on them, they wouldn't know how to handle it because they think it's just so easy, right? So all of that to say, if it were your friend and you saw your friend going through the battle you go through every day, and what you feel and you experience and all of that. And you saw someone else making off comments about them. You wouldn't look at your friend and be like, maybe you do look like crap. You would look at them like, what the hell's wrong with you? You know, at the person making the comments. And you deserve that same feeling. That's like, if I got like a, if I found like a genie lamp and I can make three wishes, one of them would absolutely be nobody ever comments on each other's appearance anymore. Unless it's like a really nice compliment. We'll keep those. Everybody likes those. It's like finding a dollar bill on the ground. So um, let's see. We got one more here. 
people still judgmental and try to find ways to put you down. That's what I'm saying back to, you know, like try to get the hell out of whatever environment attracts those people because ew, you know, just ew. Um, but if you can't, if it's, I'm assuming workplace related, because I know what we've talked about, right? You can't necessarily curse off everybody at work, especially if it's an environment that supports that kind of toxicity. Um, but that's why, what's the answer? Starts with the R, rebel, rebellion, even if it's mental. Even if it's mental to be like, you're an idiot and that's why you're thinking that. I am rebelling against you. I'm choosing to exist in my own truth, knowing that I fight something that you could not deal with if it hits you tomorrow. If you can't say that out loud, think it to yourself. Just think, mouth sounds. Picture the Charlie Brown teacher that's like, mah, 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 mah. like when they're talking, just picture that mouth sounds because they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. They're just throwing around hurtful words with zero consideration. So, God, I wish people just, you know, suck less. Um, that would be great. Let's see here. I got all these comments covered. Yeah. So how do we baby step fixing this now? Right. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm running so late on today's call. Um, <laughs> I still have to figure out how to add the Q&A and the talking in. But I got a couple steps for you guys, and it's a, it's a challenge, but I want you to try it. I want you to try it. Nothing's going to worse feel worse than what you've probably experienced going out already. So just give it a shot. It might surprise you. Okay, so one, get ready without a mirror. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. You're like, what? I'm going to walk outside looking like I got dressed in the dark. You know, I'm going to go out there, and they're going to call me a bag lady, whatever. But no. You're not, you're not. You're gonna pick something that looks cute on the hanger and that feels comfortable on your body because there's no point in worrying about anything else. You're not gonna walk out there looking like a disaster because chances are, if you're picking out a shirt and pants, you're already 90% there to not looking like a disaster, right? So beyond that, don't look in the mirror because what is it gonna do? What is it gonna make? You're gonna put it on, you're gonna go, okay, all right, I look, I look like a Jenner now. Like, no, no, you're going to be pissed off because you still see things that you wish weren't there or something doesn't feel right compared to the way it looks. You're going to do that weird like pose thing, like the Barbie box thing in the mirror, and then you're still going to be miserable. So cute on the hanger, comfy on the body. That's what you go by. And this is a challenge. So maybe test run it and just go out somewhere and try it out. But don't look at the mirror. Look in like a little mirror if you got to do your makeup and stuff, but don't like evaluate in a mirror, right? So then too, pretend you're a paid actor who <clears throat> is hired. I'm losing my voice. Pretend you're a paid actor who is hired to fill a role. And your role is someone who's enjoying themselves at this event. Whatever you got to pretend for that to be. I know it sounds really weird and it's going to feel a little weird at first, but then people are going to vibe from that. And you're going to feed off yourselves. Conversation will be a little bit easier. You'll at least not feel as like guarded as you would if you feel like you can't jump into convo. Just pretend that your role is to look like you're having a good time, whatever you perceive that to be. It'll eventually feel natural. Not that long. It'll take, it'll happen pretty quick, right? Everyone's uncomfortable there. And then three, when pictures come, 
if they come, if the, the opportunity arises. You don't have to ever feel forced into a picture, first of all. Baby step it. If you haven't been out since God knows when and you're somewhere, don't go, don't go full throttle. Take a picture at the next event. Maybe take a selfie in the car if you need to feel like you, you fulfilled a goal, but don't push it. If you do want to feel like you take a picture, this, this is also another scary thing, but I want you to try it. Do not pose. Don't do the prom thing. Don't do the elbow thing, the shoulder thing. Nobody looks like, nobody really stands like this. It's not fun. You don't look like you're having fun. You look like you got a poop and your arm's stuck. So don't do that. But instead, look like you're having fun. I know it sounds weird, but when when I'm trying to work with people who are going to be doing like online presentations and stuff like that, I tell them, you have to sound cracked out. Because to you, sounding cracked out is not the way it comes across through the screen. If you talk calmly in your office voice on the screen, you're going to put people to sleep. You know, so everything is is a different perception, right? So whatever you perceive to be having fun, you might feel really silly in your head, but what it translates to in the actual picture is so much better looking, more relaxed. Like you're not going to look at that picture and see the Instagram model there, right? That that you suddenly woke up as one day. It's not going to, it's on the cards for any of us. It literally can't even be bought. Someone can't even do that with surgery. What you will see in the photo is you enjoying yourself a moment enjoying the the people around you or just generally not looking miserable like you were forced to be there. And that will look better than any pose you can do. So I'm always the one. I also, fun thing, if you're in a group shot, suggest the silly shot. Everybody's, everybody's grateful, usually. Nobody wants to take a serious posed photo. People, somebody wants to take a picture and the people are going along with it. But when you suggest like, hey, let's not do like a stiff, regular picture. Like y'all want to do like a silly picture? Like everybody just do something weird with their hands. The picture is going to come out great. I know it sounds really weird. And then you look like you're really fun for suggesting it to everybody. But really it's because you don't want it to look like prom. You know, you're like the old person at prom. Nobody wants to be the old person at prom. We've seen movies about this. So all right. I'm sorry that I took almost a full hour today, but I hope that this was helpful. I hope you guys use these tips. Don't look at the mirror, cute on the hanger, comfy on the body, go pretending to have a good time. Pictures come, just worry about having a good time. Just rebel against this idea of having to look a certain way before you're happy. It's a waste. It's a waste. And I fully intend on working on this with you guys further. So I do not expect to get off the Zoom and everybody's problems are solved. Please feel free. Text me about this. Let's follow up on this. But I'm here for you guys. And thank you for participating. I hope you enjoyed it. All right. Night. Bye.